It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Hello, and welcome to Season 4 of Digging Deep with Robert Plant, Episode 5. So, another episode and another song. Now, sometimes you just know certain musicians will end up working together. There's just something in the world that they create where they overlap that you're sure they're going to do something together. In 2001, Robert's eclectic passions for music from all genres and all countries were started to kind of coalesce into what would be his Dreamland album, done with his band Strange Sensation. And the same year, Afro-Celt Sound System were working on their third record, Volume 3, Further in Time, which, like its predecessors, blended African rhythms with folk melodies and dance beats and rock dynamics. These people were meant for each other. And lo and behold, Robert would work with them on a track from Volume 3 called Life Begin Again, the subject of this week's episode. But before we get to covering this meeting of musical minds, Robert and I were talking about the impact that the past 12 or so months has had on us, what we did to keep our minds ticking over during lockdown, and in fact, how our minds have coped with such a strange time. There was another question about, about lockdown, about everything that we've been through. What have you been dreaming about? Because my dreams, because we haven't been seeing people, so the kind of the data, the, the kind of food that your brain gets throughout the day, which is then kind of whizzed up, churned out and interpreted uh, in your dreams. I haven't been getting that until obviously things have changed a yeah. bit now. So I've been having either very, very, very mundane dreams of like, oh, I've changed a plug. <laughs> because that's kind of what I've done yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. day. Yeah. Or I've been having hugely nostalgic, very vivid, like, oh, remember when we did that and you were in this place with those mm. friends. What about you? Has it, has it? Well, I've, I've dreamt, I've been back with old friends quite a lot in dreams, yeah. like John Bonham, my father, uh, my son, who left when he was five. Um, and they've been magnificent moments of great relief i mean i think this thing about momentum the, the reason that we're here now is we're both we like what we do and mm -hmm. it there's a certain toll and a price that goes with it and at the same time it's way better than accountancy and whatever it might have ended up as but um it does create a, a some sort of energy in me that um that I've had to manoeuvre into another part of my being, sub subjugate it, stick it in a corner, because I was always on the go, always, mm. always planning the next thing. So it seems that when I'm asleep sometimes, 
that I'm in a really great place. I've been in a really great place. It's usually surrounded by sand and kasur, the hardened sand and water and up in the Atlas Mountains. Or whatever. And I've gone somewhere and now I've got to get back to wherever it was. And, and I'm making my way back through these amazing landscapes and stuff to go back. So you're not going somewhere, you're coming back from the I've place. I've been to the place and now I must go back. That's interesting. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah. But I've been also, I've been really lucky because my next door neighbor, who lives a hundred feet from me, who played with me in Bonzo in the 1960s, he's, he's there. We're part of a pod. And the farmer who was born in my place... Whose, whose family owned my place. He lives over the road and he's, we've turned into the greatest pals. Uh, the card schools that go on forever because we're <laughs> in right. a pod. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been a revelation outside of the dreams. That is a dream in itself because I've, I've, got, I've gotten to know people in a, in a different way. Yeah. You know, because it's always been, oh, hi, Rob, how you doing? Where you been? That's the thing. Oh, he's gone again. <laughs> and now they can't get rid of me at the moment. Did you pick up any new... I, I spent a lot of time trying to get good at the ukulele. That's what I spent a lot of time doing, listening to very old ukulele songs. And I'm to, sad to hear that. That's, that's what... That was one of my lockdown... Sort of, what do you mean sad? It's a great instrument. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the sensational space shift is my brother's forever in the day. Skin Tyson, who... Sometimes masquerades in <laughs> cast. He took that pecking thing on the road. And, the, and because he's a scouser, we had to hear every single Liverpool song from <laughs> She Loves You to Ferry Cross the Mersey to God knows what on ukulele in every dressing room. So you've got Joe Day Camera from the Gambia with his one string fiddle lying in his string, <laughs> lying in, on the floor in his string vest on a towel. Call, because I had the oldest guy, he, calls, he used to call me uncle. He used to, because it's a tradition in faraway places. And he'd say, Uncle, why does he do that? I said, Because he's killing us. So the ukulele is. Okay, yeah. I had a great sticker on my car in America when I lived over there. <clears throat> I bought an old cop car, painted it dark blue, and left the light on the side so it looked like I was undercover. <laughs> And I got a sticker in a record shop, and it's uh, and I stuck it on the back of the car. It said, "Paddle faster, I hear banjo music." <laughs> and it's just great. I, I've got it. I, I, <laughs> I, I brought one back here, but I can't really. Nobody will get it, so I've yeah. got, I've got a dead head on the back of my Jaguar. But have you have you you know thought? Oh, now's the time I'm going to take up this instrument, or now's the time? Oh, I play the guitar all the time. Okay, all the time. All the time. Yeah. I've got a beautiful guitar. It's like a loosely termed a classical guitar, but it's a nylon strung acoustic, yeah. which I bought from some somebody at a Bert Jansch tribute up in Scotland a while back. And it sounds great. And I've got a really nice old Martin that I bought years ago. And I just tune them to Dad Gad. Mm. And just, there's never a finished song because they're not, I just like the tuning because it's so yeah. melancholic. And you can sing great harmony against just these drones. Yeah. A life of drones. I mean, a few, a couple of musicians have done it. I like now. Oh, yeah, we've, well, I've done this year. I've written the book, capital Ooh, T, no. capital B. <laughs> you know, because now is the time I wanted to kind of get it all down on paper. Well, you're never tempted to do that. 
Well, what do we think of ourselves if we think we have to write down what happened accidentally? <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, these things happen. They, they, <laughs> it took a lot of other people to make them happen. Yeah. A lot of circumstances which are irrepeatable. They can't be repeated. Idiomatically, with the personalities from the time, from the circumstances, from the enthusiasm, it's, it's almost like a requiem. I don't believe in all that. And I also don't want my family to know what I got up to. Life begins uh, Afro-Celt sound system. I mean, the only question is, what, why, why weren't you and those guys like doing stuff from the very minute they started recording? Because I know. it is, it's it's made for me. It's made for you, yeah. and you're made for them. So yeah. yeah, that particular relationship. I think it was uh, a, I'd fallen out more and more and more and more with the whole idea of being. I was under the cosh by people who represented parts of my would-be career the way <laughs> that they would see where I should go for the best or oh, okay. better and it was always in the same direction you know and so I was I was always looking for the blue note that was in blues but I never could really it it couldn't be in blues rock it couldn't be in that sort of stuff and and I was very fortunate to to get turned on to them at a very early juncture I think it was Simon Emerson who came to me and said, look, we know what your story is. You've got to come and sing this song. And, and, I, and I, I figured I'd got to kind of be a bit... The lyric was... It's a beautiful lyric, but it is what it is, so you can't mince around with it. You've got to just make it a statement. Mm. You know? So I, I, I went into the sort of Howard Keel sings Tom Jones. And... The song is great. It's great. and it's a, a again these guys. There was a, also a, a Moroccan duo at the time called Momo, not the restaurant restaurateur, but this these kids around London who were making amazing music and Trans Global Underground who mm -hmm. introduced me to to Justin in the year two thousand. So all that scene that was going on then was so vital and refreshing uh, and it kind of filled in the adventures that I'd had to some degree with Jimmy Page in the 70s. The adventures in Morocco and in India where we were really influenced pretty heavily by uh, by what we heard on the street. Mm. So to see it in a techno world was... When we were joking, I was laughing earlier on about Justin sending me this Moroccan pop 
from now, from right now, with all the Berber women and all the stuff that we love, and this guy with shades on, <laughs> he's P. Diddy, and he's, you know, and he's um, Hemant Kumar. He's all these. So this was the beginning of that, or it was my first revelation of that music that was you could go anywhere with it yeah absolutely and now johnny kelsey has brought the doll foundation vibe into it with the big drums and uh, the big doll drums that the punjabis use and how funny in the middle of all that that i'm impressed by with afro celt is that they split up and there's two afro celts which you have to wonder what went wrong really because <laughs> i know that happened in the 60s with the drifters there were three drifters traveling at the same time or <laughs> claiming to be the original drip but it's that world and it's really refreshing it's a kind of edgy side of because it's a bastard it's it's a it's a mongrel it's new yeah and it's moving so it takes away the seriousness and the purity of any of the idioms that subscribe to it okay so you can't be too precious about no. something that's literally thieved and sampled and looped and brought it all <clears> together so you can't be reverential you've just got to do it well the people who played with when we played the unleaded tour they were started off with a bunch of moroccans but a lot of them went to a wedding at the wrong time so we had to get the more reliable egyptians in what happened <laughs> <laughs> we flew i i went to marrakesh and gathered some musicians together and Jimmy and our manager at the time and some guys came out to start this idea of recording with Moroccan ensembles just basically seeing what we could do with yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ganawa players mm -hmm. and so I got everything lined up and we made an appointment we flew back there and then there was no sign of them the next morning that we got there so I went looking for them and they they said, well, they'll be back next week. They've gone to a wedding in Rabat. So, the, I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about, about me being like this. Yeah. And then they're still great musicians. They'll work forever in music, but they've gone to a wedding in Rabat. So my partners from the UK went, this is insane. What are these people all about? I said, well, they're Moroccans. They're having a great time. <laughs> And so we got some other guys and they, they were pretty cool for that part of the program. So we recorded with them out there and that was really good. Yeah. But we came back and we worked in a more orchestral way doing things like Kashmir and um, Friends with Egyptian players. And they were always quite mesmerized. And uh, my daughter also runs a dance, an Egyptian dance troupe. And she played with some of the players who played with Um Kaltum in the uh, 60s and 70s. Mm. And this guy who played bass accordion who could make you cry with his playing. It's so beautiful. And they were all saying, they played the Shaw Theatre or somewhere in here in Houston one night. And I was talking to them and they said, you know, it's really strange because here everybody sits stock still and looks at us as if we are bringing something from somewhere really special and sacred. And yet our music really is wedding music where everybody goes crazy. So that's the thing is like, yeah. if it's world music, it hasn't got to be studied. Yeah. It has to be, you have to imagine that where it came from, people were either saying goodbye to loved ones or they were having a great time. Having an ease up. Yeah.
But for you, that must have been at this point, like, not like kind of coming home, but going, I found the new door. This is, I am opening it. And this, that must have felt, I mean, you've obviously had freedom to do whatever you want. But as you say, there are forces and people leaning and pushing at various points. But to have like, ah, this is it. This is it. Right now, this moment, this stuff. That must yeah. have been brilliant. Well, if I had the ability to play something as well, to be a part of it, because everybody's playing something in those groups, mm. you know, whatever it might be, um, then I could have actually been in a group like that and just disappeared more and more into the warp and weft of time as a musician. But I was still stuck at the sharp end. You know, I was never going to put an acoustic on and become Valdunic and or or anybody so so my adventures with these people were always temporary because I had to shape something else yeah but use everything I could see from these people as influences so when Jimmy and myself and Charlie and Jones and Michael Lee started work on walking into Clarksdale we got the keyboard player to come along from the band from the Celts and he played keyboards on a track called most high which was grammy nominated and it was great because he had a, a keyboard that i think they made in italy and he was able to play in quarter tones in the solo and stuff so it turned the whole sound mm. of jimmy's big riff and this kind of plaintive vocal in this other area which moved it across made me feel proud That was Robert Plant with Afro-Celt Sound System and Life Begin Again from the Afro-Celt's 2001 album, Volume 3, Further in Time. And that is the end of this week's episode. That song and all the songs we feature on Digging Deep are available to listen to on streaming services. We can most likely hear previous episodes of this Digging Deep podcast as well. Until next time then, I've been Matt Everett. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production.